Let me open up my notes. Mm, notes. I think these notes are working. I really like the app. I do too. It's it's a really great way to share stuff. And sorry, I sent that last link directly to you. Um. Oh nope. I mean, hey, as long as it gets there, it gets there. And I mean, yeah. we still use we still use text to talk to each other, even though there's a texting function sure. in here that we use sometimes. But it's dude, like, you can never have too many ways to communicate. <laughs> right. However, it gets there. Exactly. As long as you know that it got there, I think that's all that matters. For sure. And in this and one, they they let you know they're like, oh, they edited this, they looked at this, you know, it's everything. Yeah, I really thought that that uh, <laughs> that was just kind of a human interest story. The fact that in Ohio they're <laughs> gonna start taxing taxing you for having a fucking electric or a hybrid because you're paying less uh, gas taxes. Like, well, what? um, actually, I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I do know that it's probably just talking about the rollbacks on the tax credits that you were getting, which essentially looks like a tax um, because there were incentives that you were getting based on the price of the car and based on the type of hybrid yes, technology. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and obviously that was implemented by the Obama administration and it is being, you know, phased out by the Trump administration because they could give two shits about that kind of stuff. Oh no, they are not interested in the, and not only that, no, not only that, but you have the car manufacturers themselves leading the way on regulation saying we will regulate ourselves because you're not doing Do you wanna- good enough of a job. Why don't we open with this? Let's just uh, let's just uh, open up with this uh, this thing. Oh, we're recording. This is a very little production. The Born to Be Mild podcast, episode three, y'all. This show started out right away with some fake news, uh, unfortunately perpetrated by yours truly, and for that I am sorry. Old Pete here was just discussing a new fee being levied on the drivers of hybrid vehicles in the state of Ohio, and it was such a mind-bogglingly ass-backwards notion that I immediately dismissed it out of hand and said he must be thinking of the separate national issue regarding the rollback of Obama-era tax incentives, you know, for purchasing hybrid vehicles, and that there was no way that Ohio was now penalizing citizens for making environmentally responsible purchases every year when they go to register their cars. But since our talk, I learned that these hybrid taxes are, in fact, a a real thing. Um, They're implemented, apparently, because hybrid drivers don't have to fill up as often throughout the year and according to some petroleum lobbyist estimation not contributing their fair share to the road and bridges repair fund that the state's new gas taxes help to enrich uh geez way to disincentivize a good thing ohio This episode features a talk about the legacy of the recently departed Kobe Bean Bryant, which then led into a bit of a talk about how we remember and reflect on the lives of famous people, the arc of the NBA during Kobe's career, and even our own mortality. 
Uh, our Super Bowl coverage continues uh, when we can barely muster up the excitement to talk about a game that's still a week away with no new significant developments. And we opt instead to opine about commercials, the halftime show, and Buffalo Chicken Dip. Just a heads up, some definite spoilers in our discussion of the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Not to worry, we give you all you need to know about the coronavirus or whatever that is. Uh, Don't forget to rate us and review us in the podcast store. And if you know the owners of the Casper Mattress Company or Blue Apron, please tell them we will gladly shill for some Skrill, uh, plus some free product, of course. I'm your host, Ron Cabuno, together with my co-host, Pete Crawford. We bring you another edition of the Born to be Mild podcast. This week's show is not brought to you by Quip, but it probably should be because we freaking I can say freaking we freaking love this app. Do we not, Peter? Uh, for the record, I think you've dropped a few F-bombs on this show before, and the cops haven't shown up yet, so... Fuck, but I'll, I'll right. go with I'll go with freaking <laughs> as well. <laughs> I'm going to go with freaking as well because it feels good. Anyway, yeah, it's Quip. It's yeah. fantastic, man. It's like, it's got the texting. It's got the, you know, news sharing. You can share documents and spreadsheets, and it keeps this podcast humming. Yeah, it really is kind of an all-in-one. Um, I had never heard of it till we started using it, and uh, it, yeah, it's been great. I mean, we, we also text, we talk on the phone, but you never run out of ways to communicate, so this is awesome. It's pretty great. And it just so happens to be the name of a very popular podcast sponsor of the Toothbrush Quip. Uh, you know about that? I do not know about a Toothbrush Quip. Oh my god, so if you have a popular podcast nowadays, you are sponsored by Quip. It is basically the biggest sham you've ever heard of, and that's why we will never be sponsored by them. Um, They send you a new head to your toothbrush every three months because it has the battery in it, and your toothbrush dies unless you get a subscription to batteried toothbrush heads. So this is Quip the Toothbrush, not Quip the app that's sending you a head to your toothbrush, correct? Um... This is Quip the Toothbrush, not Quip the Document and Message Sharing app. So we can still hopefully expect a check from Quip the Message Sharing app. From Little Quip. Yeah, not yes. Big Quip. Yeah. If you're listening, Quip, um, we're cheap. Send us money. Right, and your app was free. So maybe if you could just bump us up to premium, and that'll be good enough. <laughs> just bump us up to premium. <laughs> And that'll be I told you we were cheap. Sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we come cheap, absolutely. So what's good, man? What's good in the hood? Are you back from Chicago? Yeah, I had to go, uh, not on the, the best of terms, it was for a funeral. And uh, my fiancé, uh, her uncle passed. Basically, she and her brother and their cousin, who is the son of the deceased, were the de facto organizers of pretty much all of the events. And I don't think I realized any more potently until this weekend that our generation has taken over and our parents are now kind of the old people who uh, just sit back and relax while we do everything because they did everything. 
So it was uh, a <laughs> yeah. really, really long weekend uh, for a funeral. I used to live in Chicago, though, so it's a great town. Um, luckily, right, I wasn't you don't robbed know. or anything. <laughs> you don't know about real, like, hardship until you've had to organize a funeral or get rid of someone's belongings from their entire house or estate after they've been deceased, man. Yeah. Oh, this is morbid, but uh, my own father passed, and it was a real... Yeah, it was really uh, a, an odd thing to do to look at your, your father's entire life and you're divvying it up amongst all these people like it's some kind of a, a charity auction. So they got to take care of all that stuff. I was there just for emotional support and to get a hot dog at Portillo's. But uh, outside Absolutely. of that, I was a witness and I was really glad that I, I didn't have to organize all of it because it looked like a real headache. But I do love the town of Chicago. And it was just nice to be back to a, a city I lived in for several years. So, uh, well, yeah, it's good to be home. Of, I mean, like, think about that in terms of the funeral and, like, how somebody's entire physical existence can be boiled down to, like, piles of stuff. Possessions. Like, like here's here's Ron. He's these ten piles right here. That's what, that's what he left in, in a physical manner on this right. earth to, like, show for his existence. This is uh this is eighty years of Ron, in this yeah. corner back here. Uh, some of it's in that uh, black hefty bag, um, <laughs> and he was really good at decluttering. So it is a very small pile. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's like shit, man. You better have the stories. You better have somebody telling your stories after you're gone because you really don't want it to just be, um, you know, scraps and notebooks and old slippers and um, you know, a couple of thumb drives or whatever. Yeah, you want to have a legacy. Everybody wants a legacy, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna care. So, no. But gone. what you do you do want is uh, for you know for your life to have meant something, and for the people around you to have felt like it meant something enough to them to keep them keep you in their hearts and keep your memory alive, and um, you know share your story with other people, or at least share the lessons and and experiences that they felt were meaningful with others. Right. And also to scatter my ashes over top of the Ohio State football field, obviously. Oh, are you, you know what? You could probably do it super cheap with like drone. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to have like 10 years ago, you would have to hire a helicopter company. I mean, this is real poignant with the news nowadays, but we'll get to that. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, You you want the right pilot, apparently. Absolutely. And well, you want to already be dead when you're up there. <laughs> so Boy, we're and, getting dark, man. This is, <laughs> this is not a good time cast. <laughs> I'm just, listen, I'm just saying that I get real paranoid in the sky. So you might as well already be out the door. No, but if you got a drone, you could get somebody like the Amazon package dropper offer guy, and he could do it for 10 bucks. <laughs> the guy's delivering a package. I'm like, Hey, while you're here, yeah, just open up this can of Ralph's coffee over <laughs> over the shoe. Yeah, check. I got this Maxwell House tin. <laughs> Don't worry about what's inside, but can you dump it like on the fifty yard line or so, just as and long reci- as you're close. and recite these words. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some words I wrote on a bevnap at a bar. I wouldn't mind if you spoke those while you're dumping it. Do they have drones that have a uh, dumping capabilities? That is called the. Um, remembrances entry-level package i believe oh yeah is amazon yeah. offering that in themselves now 
It's a drone dump. It's a uh, it's a uh, barrel burn. Unfortunately, it's not the cleanest. So you're <laughs> you're not getting the full cremation effects. Uh, you know, not everything goes away. Uh, no, you probably got to have Prime though for that. So I'm not I'm not really interested. Bro, you don't have Prime. No, you know what? I've got too many other things. It's Are just you too shitting much. me though? Are you? No, sh- no you know what? No, no I'm done with subscriptions. That is the one thing. That's the I'm one. That's the only one you need. I just I don't know. What's, How, when's the last time? When's the nat- When's the last time Netflix let you shop for things and delivered them to your door for free, as well as give you entertaining? You but know. so much stuff on Amazon is already free delivery. It's not that I I just don't I don't want to remember another password and all these things. Like you know, I'm, not, I'm just done. Not only There's that, no more it's subscribing. free, but it's also next day delivery, and it's the next thing you know it's same day delivery shit just gets better and better and it doesn't cost you anything more a month just keeps getting better i mean it does keep taking away and taking away from society as a whole but the thing starts showing up sooner and sooner amazon if you're listening feel free to send a check along with amazon if you're listening thanks for all that you do now kindly go eat a dick (laughs) (laughs) oh god so, you know, but but in, in the same tone, I can now say that it feels quaint, and I feel like I'm doing a service by going to Target or Walmart. I'm like, well, at least it's a f- it's a fucking physical store. I mean, you are know? you congratulating yourself for leaving the house? Is that where we're at, or what's the yeah, uh, what's the exactly? It's a pat on the back that I'm actually giving somebody a job in the physical realm where I can see that their you know minimum right. wage job is is interacting with other people for yeah. a living or something. I don't this know. This is what 2020 is. You really need a pat on the back for putting pants on in the morning. It's kind of you a do. big deal. But it's like, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we're talking about how Walmart was the end of Main Street America and also the end of all and the plazas. And it was. I mean, we weren't wrong. So Well, it was the Main Streets to the shopping malls, or to the shopping plazas, to the shopping malls, and then... To the Walmarts. And yeah. and now to the it, tab opened up on your computer next to Pornhub. Right. So that's not even a real place. So yes, congratulations to me to getting in the car and doing the things so that I can have whatever piece of junk I, I wanted now. No, it's great. Also, yeah. Pornhub, if you're listening, we will accept checks along with Amazon and Quip. Sure, or or premium subscriptions, right? <laughs> I don't even I have, know what that is. I was going to say I have no idea what that entails. What, what does that offer at this point? It's already free. I don't know, man, but it got to be good, right? It's yeah. got to it, – because it's paying for all the other free shit. Right. Do, like, the actors just show up at your house and give you a live show? <laughs> yeah, right? Or with the um, the virtual reality now, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've actually never even heard testimony about that. Uh, I don't know anyone that's uh, experienced the whole virtual reality uh, porn scene. Speaking of virtual reality porn, <laughs> another tangent is that my wife has never seen Idiocracy. Oh, that's a shame. Well, at least she's living it. She, I told her, I'm like, it's just like today. It's like, it's like you don't have to really, it's not a stretch. People are just getting dumber and dumber by the day. And uh, the less educated amongst us seem to procreate at a higher rate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've already been watering my plants with Gatorade for three years, so. <laughs> I wanted, I did, I wanted to start the intro with uh, 
Born to be mild. It's got electrolytes, you know, or something like that. Yeah, we'd it's have to got what plants that. crave. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to start this week with sports. I would say, considering that the impeachment trial has much ado about nothing to say, um, yeah, the biggest bombshell is pretty obvious. Yeah, Kobe. I mean, the Mamba, um, he had kind of a, a bumpy ride in his uh, career. Pretty sure everyone hated him for a minute for being uh, the infidelity and whatever went on back in the early twentieth or twenty uh, first century. Well, it was more than it was more than just infidelity. It was very possibly a rape case. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, correct. It was it was uh, sexual charges um, of a yeah. serious nature, yeah. and I don't know how he did it, but the dude managed to shake that off, and that's not something that should be taken lightly. I mean, well, he literally uh, walked all, away from that, and he's revered now. Donald Trump says that he could shoot somebody in the middle of the street and get away with it. He did, and And, he's correct. (laughs) But he's only doing that because he's taking cues from actual people who have done it, like professional athletes. So we shouldn't be surprised that somebody is being completely exonerated or, you know, forgiven. Is there another athlete out there, though, has done something quite as egregious as that and just completely pulled a 180 with the public opinion? Ray Lewis. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Literally, um, good lord, Ray Lewis. Okay, you yeah, are correct. all right. Thank you. So, anyways. Yeah, I mean, he killed a guy. <laughs> Moving on. Right, yeah. I mean, if, if Aaron Hernandez would have lawyered up, he'd probably still be walking, too. Oh, God, he's already a sympathetic case with that Netflix special. Suddenly, um, there's, no one cares about anything about the murders. It's all about the, the CTE no, no, no. No, and him listening. being a closet homosexual. I was listening. Did you see it? Because I didn't. I just heard a, a I did. An interview with the producer, and they said that they tried to highlight the victims in it more than most other news stories had. They you did. Feel like they? They did. Uh, and right, I have watched good. it. Yeah, but okay, he good. still comes out looking. I don't want to say he looks like a martyr, but or he if, looks. You, you think he, he looks like a victim of his circumstances? He maybe? looks like he's a victim of somebody who was being sexually oppressed uh, because of his uh, sexual orientation. Uh, based upon, you know, the toxic masculinity of playing professional football and his father, well, yeah, he had, he had all these things. About, uh, transgender, um, let's say he had a, he was in a transgender relationship or something that he had to hide. Uh, actual straight up homosexual. Apparently he uh, was in a, oh, okay. uh, a secret sexual relationship in high school with his quarterback. Oh, word. Yeah. So, and they interview the guy and um, the quarterback and. So, yeah, they, they talk a lot about that, and, uh, you know, they talk a lot, obviously, in the third... There's only three episodes, uh, so it's worth uh, checking out. Um, but they talk a lot about the CTE and really messing up his brain and him being the youngest um, professional athlete that they've actually done a brain autopsy on to have that level of CTE already. So, apparently, he was really messed up, and I... I don't want to say that the public has come around to liking him, but he is because of stuff like that in this documentary, which was really popular. People seem like they're already starting to forgive and look at him as being a victim, as you said. Well, yeah, I mean, that sucks. Then uh, there's really no one but victims then at that point. And exactly. You never, you never feel like there's real justice being done when there are, legitimate reasons and you know things for people's behavior i don't think they even need to be legitimate do they like i 
I don't know how legitimate this closet homosexual. I, I, I mean, I like no, I only I'm know what about I saw. Like CTE, you know what I mean? I'm talking about that something like that having an effect on somebody's personality and their actions. I'm not talking about you know if you can't come to terms with your sexuality, then you have to act out violently or you know. Well, they sort like of that. painted a picture that him being oppressed at a a, a development stage when he was a teenager, that sort of impacted him. His dad was a super strict old school guy. You know, he couldn't come out of the closet to his dad. Couldn't come out of the closet to his football team in that uh, area. He oh, grew straight up. up. That's fine. In, but you know New what? England you got to you gotta keep your hands to yourself. Uh, it, no, I don't care how sexually oppressed you are by your upbringing. You don't have any right to be put laying hands on anybody because, you know, you're not processing whatever happened, happened. I agree. Uh, I, I don't think the guy... Now I know CTE is definitely its own thing, um, and he was yeah, he was sure. obviously messed up by it. But we do seem really quick to forgive. Like, what, what's it going to take now for uh, how long before Bill Cosby's forgiven? How long before Never. Harvey Never. Weinstein is forgiven? What are you forgiven? talking about? Well, we're, we're, these are is so uh, we're giving Hernandez a hundred percent pass uh, just because of the CTE. Oh, now that's jumping a conclusion too far. Um, I would definitely we're giving him, say okay, we're giving him a bit of a pass. A bit of a we're pass. Giving, no, what we're doing is we're giving his situation the understanding that it probably deserves. We don't need any more understanding with Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. They're just, they're just fucking creeps and assholes and monsters, and people are mad at them because they're not getting the justice they deserve, right? Like, in terms of Aaron Hernandez, you know, like, let's say that uh, Bill Cosby had a tumor on his brain. And it was causing him to do horrendously nefarious sexual things over the course of 40 years. Now, however implausible as that may be, that, you know, that information being admitted as evidence would have me look at what he was doing in a different light. But there's nothing of the sort in those cases. Well, he could, he could have a mental defect of some kind. Probably not no, a 40-year-old tumor. Exactly. That's what I mean. So like, yeah, so behavioral things, yes, you have to take that into consideration, but narcissistic personality disorder and things like that, that's just something that someone has to be responsible for on their own and have to be completely culpable for their actions for as well. All right. Well, I mean, it's but a it's, disorder. But if you ha- but the, the, and what I'm saying is that I think I draw the line somewhere CTE where that is a really powerful underlying um, physical abnormality that I think tends to give somebody a little bit more of a pass in, in terms of how much control they have over themselves and their actions. So you've got kind of a, in, I guess I got, there's a, an gray arbitrary area. line that you've drawn no, on yes, where you have empathy area. and where you don't have empathy. Go figure. There's yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. It's a sliding scale. All right, now that makes sense, and I, I I actually agree with you uh, for the most part. I just I'm not ready to totally uh, give Hernandez CTE. I'm not or either. Not. I think the guy was a bit of a, a loose cannon in general. Um, th- they painted him like, like he was very charismatic in this uh, the beginning, at least of this documentary. But you could see that he was the kind of guy that would could easily get mixed up with the wrong people and might end up doing the wrong things. So. Right on. Well, we were talking I will have about, to check it out. We're talking about Kobe here. So he, right, didn't have get, any, he didn't have any disorders. Let's get back to the Mamba. I mean, he he was he was sound of mind. And we have forgiven him for whatever went down back in the early 2000s. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And you know what? If that would have happened today, that, you know, that would have taken a lot longer for forgiveness. Absolutely. But you'd think they would even go revert back to it with the, you know what they actually have? The whole Me Too movement. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will be watching uh, the film that Kobe released. Uh, he actually got an Oscar for it. It was a short film. It was animated, I believe. Yeah, and uh, it's going to get a lot of attention in the, the next few weeks, without question. Uh, but uh, for the most part, people who uh, win uh, an Academy Award are usually given consideration to be part of the Academy, which has thousands and thousands of members, obviously. And they flat out said, and this was, uh, you know, this was before he died, uh, that Kobe would not be uh, considered as a member and this was all in reaction to the Me Too movement and them remembering what he did. Wow, that's very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So, I, you know, I guess there has been some. But now posthumously, we tend to start to put people up there on the pedestal. And I am already seeing... Now, I I liked Kobe. I never had a problem with him. But suddenly everybody and their brother... It's like when Carrie Fisher died. I mean, everyone made fun of her for her drug problem. God, was she beloved when she passed away, though. Carrie Fisher dead? <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm only half joking because I could give a fuck about Star Wars. But yeah, I guess I remember she died now. Yeah, she died. And then in the Star Wars movie, they should have killed her. But instead, they turned her into Superman and she flew through space. Anyways, that's a whole oh, really? topic. She flew oh. through space? Yeah, in episode 8, uh, The Last Jedi, they, there was a moment. And this, this movie was released after she died. So it was kind of a perfect opportunity to almost pay homage to her as an actress in a very cool way because she was sh- uh, shot into space and have her die with honor and they wouldn't have to worry about, you know, trying to film another movie with her not able to act in it. But no, they didn't do that. They gave her superpowers, and suddenly she could use the Force, and she, even though she never could before, and she flew back into the ship, and it was a bizarre moment that nobody liked. All right, right, Pete, Pete, we were talking about the Mamba. We're talking about the Mamba. Let's get out of the Star Wars stuff here. Please, please, that is is the limit. That is the limit for the year on Star Wars talk on this show. The point is, is when Carrie Fisher passed away, uh, before she had passed, it was... It was fun to mock her and her drug problems and kind of how she faded out of the, the, the limelight. And she had a lot of uh, mental health issues. But then she died, and oh, was it a sob story. And it was Kobe, fun to mock her because she kept interjecting herself into the public discourse, and she was all fucked up on drugs, I think. You know what I mean? Like, So like when you see Courtney yes, Love absolutely. at the roast, you're like, she should probably be mocked because she trotted herself out in front of the cameras out the house and looked like a wreck. And nobody's going to bat for her. But if Courtney Love were to pass away, suddenly everyone's a fan. Donald Trump's tweeting about her. I mean, it... I, I think we tend to rewrite history when someone passes away. No, no. I Kobe, think that is the Kobe perfect time Kobe was a polarizing to, figure. When someone dies, I think it's the perfect time to have the conversation. And I think that's what happens every time someone of, of weight you know, and measure passes away. You have the good and the bad. You give the rundown and you say, all right, what is going to be line one or line two? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it going to be the rape or is it going to be the Hall of Fame career? And so with someone like Kobe, it's probably going to go to the latter. Um, 
you know? Oh, man. I mean, that so, would and, infuriate a feminist if she was listening right now to hear you say that. But I agree. I think it's no, true. No, it's completely true. And, and, and he's on the spectrum where his accomplishments have outweighed not only um, what the justice system declared was the severity of his actions, but the court of public opinions declared was the severity of his actions. So it's not me taking the judgment. It's me just assessing what society has deemed to be his, uh, his place. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm curious as to how far we, we want to go all the time with the way we posthumously just tend to elevate the, the, the grandeur status of just how benevolent a person might've been during their lifetime, just how, how impactful they were in all the positive ways. And we kind of sweep the other stuff under the rug. Yeah. But and, we're making strides. We're ma- like 500 years ago, Christopher Columbus did way more shitty shit than good shit. But when he died, you'd probably get your hands chopped off if you said anything bad about him. Right. Okay. So now bring it to the present day. You have somebody who is doing good things but they are not exempt from being scrutinized after death in society and in, you know, uh, pleasant conversation. This is just what we do, you know, and, and I, think I don't the think inter- anyone... The internet's a big part of that. Uh, I don't think this... anybody's letting them off the hook is what I'm getting at. Yeah, well, contrarian viewpoints are everywhere now. So th- there are people... I would exactly. argue there, there. I would argue there are people letting him off the hook. I'm not going to lie. But. Oh, all right. So contrarian art. Yes, you can find a silo for your opinion anywhere. But I would say Correct. the mainstream. Just log on to I'mRight.com and somebody will be reinforcing <laughs> your the wrong mainstream opinion. <laughs> opinion on Kobe Bryant is ninety percent good, eighty five percent good, fifteen percent bad. But and in that fifteen or in that in that good is his dickheadishness that you were talking about. It's like that was both a blessing and a curse because you couldn't be as driven and as focused as you were without being a little bit snarky, snippy, snide, and um, just absolutely cold-hearted, right? Sure. So that's what he brought to the game. And, like, he was so eloquent and such a smart dude and – um, just somebody you never heard of before, like before the international game came around, I don't care if you were white, black or whatever, there were very few bilingual athletes in the NBA as far as I knew. Yeah. I think people tend to forget about, uh, Kobe's being born in Italy. <laughs> so yeah, being very worldly, being something that we had not experienced. Yeah. He, he was actually very similar to Jordan, but he never, he never bid on all the marketing campaigns that, uh, that Mike had during the nineties. You know what? What? How many was, was he doing at that time? I mean, Mike was with like Looney Tunes and Hanes and Gatorade and Nike, obviously, and Wheaties and Coke and McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but Mike didn't start out his career with a mini fro. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like Kobe wasn't trying to play that. Kobe wasn't you know marketable in that same way. No, you're and right. Jordan hit a sweet spot in the 80s and 90s, like where he was the new fresh face, but Kobe was a new fresh face that was coming off of an NBA that needed a facelift from the Allen Iverson white t-shirt days. You know what I mean? Like, so he was in a weird space where, um, 
his own personal journey plus the journey of blackness in the NBA was at a crossroads. Blackness in the NBA. You know, yes, um, and it, like because it's overwhelmingly black, and yet how black are the players allowed to act, so to speak? You know what I mean? Yeah, they were. There was a bit of a homogenization in, uh, still going on in the the nineties, and I think that guys like uh, <laughs> Allen Iverson and uh, Latrell Sprewell really started to push uh, the envelope on. Well, they pushed the your, envelope, your, but then your word, they had blackness in the NBA. But then uh, they had the dress code start to be in force mm-hmm. because yeah. of that. You know what David I mean? Like, Stern, I think David Stern is a closeted racist on some levels. Um, well, now think, I've heard people give him props for that because, uh, e- you know, even black people like my man Bomani, you know, talking about how there were certain aspects of the way the street was entering into the game that it wasn't going to be good for the bottom line and it wasn't going to be good for people's pocketbooks overall, including the, pl- you know, the players. So for, for him, um, keeping it, I, I, I don't want to say white friendly or whatever, but just like keeping a lid on insubordination, if you will, for insubordination's sake, like it's one thing, you know, self-expression is one thing, but, you know, giving an F you to management maybe is another, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of subjectivity to all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know what went on, what went I'm on just behind the closed doors of the, I've uh, heard, the administration back then. So I've heard him get credit for the move from both sides. I I don't want to, you know, say that he didn't throw shade on somebody's self-expression because he obviously did because this is all they were trying to do is just be themselves to the, you know, the best I would wager that behind closed doors, David Stern didn't care for the cornrows and didn't care for you know it i i just he doesn't seem like it he doesn't seem like he would but he's a he's a smart guy so if somebody came up to him and was like Yo, yeah man, i don't is, know the man so i don't want to put words in his mouth i guess i'm just opining on the way that he came off across to me uh when he was the commissioner i see i see adam silver as being a lot more progressive personally but Way uh, more, yeah uh all of this aside uh so you you predominantly you're, you're thinking that most of the public has pretty much just given Kobe the whole Ray Lewis pass on what he did. Uh, yes, and that is probably a really good comparison because just because you get a pass doesn't mean that your uh, image gets a complete makeover, right? You're still seen as a temperamental bad guy. Mm-hmm. Not a bad guy, but a temperamental perfectionist who sure. would rather work by himself then have somebody not do exactly what he said or what was supposed to be done. He does feel like a lone wolf. And not just because of the the whole him versus Shaq. He wanted to be the top dog. And I don't know how much truth there was to all of that rivalry stuff. But um, Kobe definitely seems like he'd be... He's the guy that if he's not the guy, then he'd rather no one else be around. Well, the, yeah, and that was the Kobe-Shaq thing was like, yo... We could be winning a lot more out here if you weren't such a big lazy ass. And, <laughs> yeah. and Shaq and Shaq was like, "Yo, which Shaq was?" <laughs> so we're, we're still we're still winning pretty good. <laughs> and and, hey, and that, I was Finals MVP told, again. So <laughs> yeah, truth be told, they were. But Kobe was like, "Motherfucker, you know we could be doing that much better. We could be in the record books for all times if you could just get your you know get your training regiment and your big toe together." Yeah, get your shit together. And he he wants to. I, yeah, Kobe didn't want to win three in a row, you know. 
No. Kobe wanted to win all of them in a row. He had that Jordan because everyone knows when they look at those uh, those two three peats that Mike had that were uh, divided in the middle by his retirement and the you know the Rockets went into. It really feels like Mike just won all of them in a row because when he was there, they won. So I think Kobe wanted to keep going. I think, and that sure. I think that's where him and Shaq really got in a rift because uh, well, they they put together that super team, which was uh, really the geriatric team when they brought in uh, Gary Payton and Carl Malone. But um, and they didn't. That was win. funny though. Yeah, yeah, it was. They, they, did they didn't win. They they lost to a bunch of uh, some 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 guys on the Pistons. There was no superstars really. I mean, no, Rick Hamilton a bunch of was dudes. a good They were a player. bunch of dudes. Yeah, and Sean Wallace Phillips was a good was, player you know, handling his shit. <laughs> yeah. But these guys were not Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal level good. so. <laughs> but so you know what I think? I think that we are not really understanding how much we are going to be robbed of the rest of Kobe's life. That's an, a really interesting thing um, because I, I think Obama tweeted something and, and Trump kind of followed it up. His tweet was very similar. I think he got some flack for that. Uh, but they both basically had uh, said that the Kobe had the the first part of his career was now over, and the second part of his career was going to be just as successful. And oh I tend God. to agree. Have you ever listened to the uh, those little breakdown segments that he has, like the details? I think it was called on ESPN, where he will break down the minutia of like a play, like Peyton Manning does, has a similar thing that they do. Uh, it's yes. awesome. Yeah. It's like it's essentially like sports science, but not using science, just using. The, you know the ling- the linguistics of the game itself and the artistry and the professionalism of all that experience and him talking about oh I know he's what was going to happen here and he did this 3 week you know 3 weeks ago against me and I saw that he made a jab step here so I figured he was going to go here because homeboy was having this kind of night it was like oh my god like I could listen to somebody of that aptitude talk about his profession and how he plies his trade for an eternity mm-hmm. and I, I felt like he was starting to lend his his expertise to the game in a way that you know he was absent for a while after his retirement you know he was feeling out the waters and feeling out where he wanted to make his mark and insert himself into the basketball landscape and then he was starting to find it and then and then this shit yeah I'm I was actually I'm curious now that I'm never gonna find out exactly all the things what what was he going to do? Because he had unlimited resources and potential. And I think we look at somebody like LeBron James, and you just know that when the guy retires, he's still going to be in the limelight, and he's still going to be doing a lot of things. And I think Kobe was just getting to the level after he took a few, you know, a couple years here after retirement to uh, decompress. And I think great things were to come. Um, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, th- this paints everything. You know, we talked about his personal life. Does this uh, does this also reshape the way we think of him as a player? I never well, saw. I mean, the, the, the argument about... for goat has the last several years has just been MJ versus LeBron, and all of a sudden I'm seeing all these posts and tributes to Kobe and their hashtag goat. Like, whoa, where did that come from? He's the goat now. Um, he is not the goat. He might be the gloat. So he could be the greatest Laker of all time, <laughs> but I mean, even that's a stretch, isn't it? It, it. That's what I'm saying. So like, I'll give him that. If he wants that, 
over Magic and Kareem and Jerry West. Uh, and, you know, and he, he, Wilt played there too. I mean, that's and a, Wilt and Elgin Baylor or whoever else. I don't. Know. I don't. I don't think he's on the short list. But yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm saying, like. Um, and Shaq. <laughs> I mean, it's it a, it's a not, ridiculous cast. It is. It is. But like, that's not where. I I I don't know. He's he doesn't get to just vault into that just because he died but what i do think happens is you have a dividing line where one day he is just a living breathing member of society and the next day he's a legend and that's all he is he's a legend and a memory and as much as he feels alive you know as much as you know tupac probably still feels alive because it's just somebody you see on the tv so they could show back up you know, like you didn't watch a video for a month. He could mm-hmm. show back up because you didn't watch a video for 10 years. Oh, there he is again. Cool. It's like, yeah, he's back. But like, it can still feel like Kobe's probably still with us. But fact is, man, he's he is no longer with us. And it's like here today, gone tomorrow. What's it like? You know, you, you just think about what's it like to have his absence be real. Yeah, and it's not like Kobe's been uh, surfing the front page of the papers the last couple of years. He's been relatively no, but uh, it's interesting to think about somebody being gone. You yeah, know? well, that's like, kind of what death is. It's what we, Kobe Bryant is gone, and you know up. what? He's he's not going to be any different than the pile of garbage in the corner, except the his pile of stuff instead of your old slippers, like you're going to have. <laughs> his pile of stuff is going to be an incredible hall of fame NBA career. And, and I'm so go, glad but... I'm so glad he, he got to finish his career before this happened. Cause you never want, well, you use Tupac as an example. You never want that. What might've been with Tupac. And it, right. be, it becomes this mythical proportion. And we got to see how good he was for a full career. And I'm thankful for that. Totally. And I think any of the, what might've been is on his tangential stuff that, you know, had really nothing to do with the reason that we know him so well in the first place. So as an NBA player, um, yeah, he's, right, that's what exactly. he's always going to be. Walter Payton, always going to be remembered as a great Chicago bear running back. So, there you go. so he didn't get to do his, his post basketball stuff, but I mean, if all you got is his NBA career, you're doing pretty damn good, man. RIP Mamba. <laughs> R.I.P. Kobe, you'll be missed. Um, so do we want to talk about how crazy Antonio Brown is, or do we just want to leave it at that? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, you could just say that sentence and leave it at that. I, I mean, I'm good with that. I'm good. What, what do you think he'll ever doing? play again? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I think a better question is: he ever going to buy a white Bronco? <laughs> I think that is more likelihood than him suiting up again in the league. Who the hell's going to take a chance on this guy? No, I'm just saying, dude. Nobody. I he There's, needs he's not be... suiting up. Maybe, maybe the, like the, the, the CFL. No, no, no. You're missing the point, man. I, the conversation is now not a football question. It is a public safety and health question, you know, and I think it should stay there. I don't think any, any more talk about uh, about him should be about football. It should be about this man needs help and this man needs to be under some kind of watch or something because he could be a harm to himself or others. And I just hope he, he gets all the help he needs. Yeah. And I don't think much more needs to be said about that because while it is um, on a surface level amusing, it's actually, yeah, you don't tra- want to kick them while they're down. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. It's very tragic. It's not Kobe For level sure. tragic, but it no. is a, uh, 
the guy clearly needs some professional help. Yeah. All right, so I think the only thing left in sports that we need to talk about is the Super Bowl. Do mm. you have a- anything new come to light? Uh, we're probably going to be recording our next show the day of the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. so we'll get our final takes then. But you got anything new that you want to you know, shed some light on? Well, being that nothing has happened in football because we have a massive two-week break in between the, uh, the Super Bowl and the championship games, no, I don't have much to say. There's a lot of fanfare, and I got to say, I'm not interested in it. I just want to watch the game. Um, it does feel like a long time between the, the two of them. Like the two weeks, it's like when I watch the Super Bowl, if my team isn't in it, and since it's the Browns, they never are. That's never. It kind of feels. <laughs> it kind of feels like just like a business vacation. It doesn't feel like a part of the regular season. It does feel like a complete aside, and I know it means something. Who wins? But the fact that it's not part of the pacing of the regular season makes it feel like it's not a true representation of who maybe the best team is. Yeah, and I think a lot of the focus has really... Now, if you're a football fan, you obviously care more about the game. But the, there's so much focus on the halftime show and the commercials these days. There's just a level of commercialization uh, of the entire thing that, for me, kind of dampens the whole experience. So... I don't know. Uh, the, the two weeks, I feel like the only reason they do the two weeks is so they can use all that extra time for more and more hype. And that's exactly what I don't want more of. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like a fine line because is it hype or is it out of sight, out of mind? Uh, I mean, I know they're trying to saturate, but if you don't have any actual up-to-the-minute highlights, you're just showing me stuff I've already seen. You know, that's actually true. And considering we're living in the age of streaming – and a lot less people these days have cable and they're watching live TV and stuff. People are turning on Netflix and watching, you know, they're binge watching You, which is a great show, by the way. You send us paychecks. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're not seeing all of the commercials that we used to see in the 90s and the 2000s where you're, you're, totally getting, you're getting excited. So you're kind of removed. So what you said, out of sight, out of mind, it's kind of that. At least for me it is. Uh, I know there's stuff online, there's articles and stuff, but how many articles can I read about the same two teams? I, I, I get it. I already know. So I'm just ready for the game, and I, I really wish you know they played it the next week. <laughs> is when um, they started leaking the commercials a little bit ahead of the game. Like, you used to have to wait, and you could never leave your seat. And every commercial break was a whole other movie premiere. And then... I don't know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, they started leaking the commercials maybe a week or two before. Yeah, yeah. And you would see them in the, in the Super Bowl be like, oh, yeah, I already saw I that. I already one. saw that like, commercial. Like, what do you mean you already <laughs> saw that one? These are supposed to be all the hottest, newest shit. Yeah. And now and now it doesn't even matter. Like, I mean, it, it, people, well, you get the Geico and Skittles mental, mentality of, like, do the most weird stuff you can to grab your attention and hopefully you remember who put on the commercial. I don't and, even think the commercials are as good as they used to be. Well, because, I think that's what, so, like, that attitude permeated everything to where, like, absurdity is the name of the game and now everything's just so ridiculous that it nothing sticks. Yeah, everything is absurd. I mean, Unbelievable. I, I, it was it was kind of a golden era back in the '90s when uh, it used to be Pepsi and McDonald's and uh, Bud Light. They'd all have these really fantastic 
memorable commercials that you know we we still remember. Everybody remembers the Budweiser frogs, and they remember yeah. Bugs Bunny playing basketball with Jordan Bird. Um, well, it nowadays, was writing meets production value, so you had a lot of groundbreaking stuff that was delivering you those ads. Where now it's just like, how clever is the writing? Sure, and I don't think they put as much money in it. I think that they don't, yeah, because you know, television commercials are kind of a, a, a dying art. People are putting ads on the internet and stuff instead, and I, they're not pumping the money into these commercials. And it's a shame that the most interesting commercials now all belong to insurance companies. I know we've talked about this before, but is there anything more boring than car insurance? But the car insurance companies have all the best commercials now, so it's crazy. What do you, uh, what do you like to eat during the Super Bowl? Um, I guess it's different. Every year, I don't really have like a tradition. Pizza. Are you wings. a buffalo? What is the buffalo chicken dip? Are you? Do you take part? You know, that's actually funny you mentioned that. Uh, my fiance makes a super famous buffalo chicken dip amongst our friends. <laughs> a mean. You're supposed to say a mean buffalo. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that because those aren't my words. I don't uh-huh. like buffalo chicken dip. Okay, because so it's she, not mean to you. you don't like she it. pumps it full of cream cheese and ranch, and there's only a few things in this world that I don't really eat, and they happen to be of the ranch dressing, sour cream type variety. I don't so really care for that So the white stuff. condiments is not is not for you. Right. Well, I can eat Cool Whip because that's just sugar. But uh, for the most part, no. I don't eat any of the uh, cultured, creamy white condiments, no. <laughs> sure. Egg whites and, and vinegar or whatever is not, not your speed. Uh, mayonnaise isn't too bad. Because, yeah, it's basically, you know, egg, uh, eggs and oil. Um, uh-huh. So I can tolerate that a little more. But, yeah, when something's uh, cultured the way the sour cream or ranch dressing is, uh, no thank you. So, mm. How about a yogurt? Uh, I can do regular yogurt, but Greek yogurt has a little too much culture for me. So Ah, you don't like that zing. Yeah, I, it's just, I don't know what it is. It tastes spoiled to me. Um, yeah, I wish I, like I liked it, because like people it. seem to really love that stuff, and... You have anything like that where you don't like it, but you wish you did? <laughs> don't like it that I wish I did. Maybe pickles. I mean, I, I eat them on like a Cuban sandwich or something. Yeah, I love pickles, like man. You, yeah. you absolutely have to, but like everyone's like, yeah, I love fucking pickles. You know, no, it's, uh-uh. that, it's that good acid. I don't know. I like that. I like hot sauce and I like things with a really good acid that you add to the food. You know what I wish I liked that, uh, that everybody likes, but I don't? And I really wish I did. I want to enjoy it. The movie Pulp Fiction. Hmm. It's, it's like the only Tarantino film I don't like, and I don't know why. I just don't like it. Maybe I it's just don't like John movie. Travolta. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm told. Um. <laughs> uh, I just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, you know what? I recently saw that myself, and I liked I didn't know walking into it, and spoilers to any listeners who haven't watched it, tune me out. I didn't know that this was about the Manson family. Movie review time. Yeah, I didn't know he was uh he was doing another Inglorious Bastards and rewriting history for us. So You were not aware of this. Are you serious? No, I came into that not knowing anything about that. And then when they had Sharon Tate appear, uh what what's her name? Uh Margot whoever played Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie is her name, thank you. Um Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, oh beautiful, beautiful girl. Um I didn't know that she, when uh, they were like Sharon Tate, I'm like, oh Sharon Tate. I'm like, you know wait what was a minute. Cool though, are they gonna have the murder in the? And then when they went, to, he went to the hippie thing. I'm like, oh they're gonna do it. 
And then they switched it just like they did in Inglorious Bastards when he killed Hitler. And I'm like, this is awesome. Brad Pitt is awesome. Exactly. Quentin Tarantino is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a great turn on a nice classic tale. And I heard that that was coming out for years. And I'm like thinking that it's going to be totally centered on Charlie Manson, right? And that was so stupid and naive of me. And of course, you know, knowing yeah. what Quentin does with these, with these, you know, tales, it was so awesome how he played it out. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm with the wife and, you know, I lived in LA for a few years. Yeah, me too. And so. right. So like, she knows that I'm sitting there going gaga over looking at where they uh, are. A remake of Los Angeles From in that time the period. 70s. It was amazing. Or the late sixties, uh, early seventies type era of LA. Just, yeah. I'm just like, Oh, so there's well. the Musso and Frank sign. And that scene, Spoiler alert, obviously, where... Yeah, just fast uh, forward if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> where all the neon signs in town light up. It was so amazing, and I wish... Wow. It was just almost as good as being there, you know, because that was such a magical time. It's like New York in the 80s. Like, New York City in the 80s was something. <laughs> like well, the grit. You, the you felt like you, you had to be there to experience it. Yeah, yeah that grit. And L.A. during the 60s, oh... Same, yeah, same, and deal. Glam. same deal. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like sun kissed everything and mm-hmm. just sleepy, sleepy little towns and, or, you know, sleepy little houses and hamlets. And then, you know, um, gates made out of bushes where people um, who make movies are having crazy times behind them. Yeah. yeah. No, it was fantastic. And uh, he always changes things, but he's, he, he likes to, like, the, the scene played out when, uh, they came up to the houses uh, when they were uh, planning on killing them. That they actually used the the real names of those uh, characters. Those were the real people, and it Absolutely. played out the same way. The one girl uh, chickened out and didn't go, so it was just uh, the, yep. the the guy and the the other two girls. And yep. he had a gun, and they had not. It was it was exactly the way, <laughs> except for the and whole then... part where Brad Pitt. <laughs> And then everything goes to shit, and this lady is get, this little girl is getting torched, and she can't stop <laughs> popping out the water with Leonardo the knife. Leonardo DiCaprio's got a, a oh. flamethrower, and Brad Pitt is smashing a bitch's face against the fireplace about thirty-five times. And you're like, oh, that's graphic. Right. Oh, that's it's right. Just... This is a Tarantino film. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an arcade game. I forgot. I forgot we're watching Mortal Kombat live. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's exhilarating, but uh, you know, it was great. It, it was great. It's one way to tell a tale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no worse than when uh, he had him. Uh, uh, what's the uh, Eli Roth just blowing Hitler's face to shreds with a machine gun? <laughs> so he likes to give the audience what they want. I was telling uh, the woman while we were watching it, I was like, one thing I do appreciate about Tarantino, he will give always you- killing Nazis. <laughs> he's always going to kill Nazis and he's always going to give the audience the payoff that they want. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't leave you hanging. He gives you a payoff that you want. When you, when he's you finish watching movies. Django Unchained, you are movies. happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about the nostalgic experience of leaving the theater really satisfied. Yeah. Nobody, nobody walked out of the theater of like, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say this wasn't gonna say this wasn't a great movie, uh, but some. Oh God, what? Even Gladiator. It was sad when you watched him die. You kind of left on a downer. 
And then, I mean, he's, you're supposed to think that he's back with his family, but you're like, man, he died. Commodus still killed him. He still felt – Tarantino leaves you with all of the good feels. You know, there's no ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis isn't dying on that meteor. No, absolutely not. There is no Aerosmith songs playing at the end of any Tarantino movies. So we can be thankful for multiple things. Yeah. <laughs> not an Aerosmith fan. I am not personally. God bless. No, absolutely not. I think it should be illegal. Yeah, I, th- I think they're terrible. I think they're, the, especially the stuff they did in the early 90s. That's unforgivable. It is, but man, they, they were hand in hand with MTV just, just printing money oh. with Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler, his creepy yeah, daughter. Yeah, his daughter, just... Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler. And then... I swear to God, they released the same song about four times. I mean, yeah. isn't is it crazy and crying and amazing? Those are all the same song. I'm convinced. <laughs> there is I'm surprised no you rattled them all off so quickly. That was good. <laughs> I was like, crying and amazing. I didn't have the crazy. You want to know why? Because on the entire drive to and from Chicago, in which uh, my fiance's brother drove, he had a Pandora station on. And I don't know which one it was. But they exclusively loved Metallica and Aerosmith. And oh, so God. I heard all three of those songs that I just named in the last three days. And you, like, and I lived put to tell the tale. noise canceling headphones <laughs> and just tuned out. I did. I, try, I brought my, uh, my Nintendo 3DS with me. I was trying to play video games, I was trying to read a book. But Aerosmith, Aerosmith dominates everything. They just take over when they're in the room. And I was just. I was sad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was not amazing, and I was crying. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. <laughs> um, did you want to get into the coronavirus at all? Actually, I hear it's kind of dangerous. So I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep my distance. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone has made so many. Ch- I, I wanted to. Initially, when I heard about it, I thought about the Dosakis virus in my head. And I'm like, ooh, Dose- <laughs> yeah, Dosakis virus. And then I thought immediately, right after that, how obvious is that joke? How many yeah. memes are there going to be? And my question was answered very quickly. <laughs> I saw all of the corona memes. And it didn't help that Did Justin, Justin Bieber, oh, good lord, there, there's so many. And I, Justin Bieber is currently uh, battling Lyme disease, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> people have suggested that he should contract the virus intentionally. And then to... turn himself upside down. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stick a thumb in his head first before. Yeah, exactly. Turn him right back up. Fucking amateur. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, but... So yeah, they uh, find your beach, right? Is the Corona is the Corona slogan? Is that what it is? I don't, I don't even yeah. remember. They just always. I have think the so legs. because there's always like a beach wherever there shouldn't be because yeah, and you, you see you like bare corona, legs. Yeah, you um you feel relaxed, right? And they have that Christmas commercial that's been around for thirty years where they, they show the, do the, love the trotting tree. that one out. I, I I every time I see that commercial, I'm, I I look at it. I'm like, how long? <laughs> Is this, it's a pretty they, good one though, but the M and M one with the ringing so Hershey Kisses. I think they stopped making Hershey Kisses twenty years ago, but they still put the commercial out. Well, were the wait the M M&M and M one? 
No, the the Hershey Kiss is where it's in the shape of the tree, and they pick it up with the invisible hand and ring it like a bell. Oh, I thought, okay, yeah. See, when I think you know of uh, the Hershey Kiss commercial, I, I just, I always remember the one where all the guys are in their underwear shaking their balls around. Wait, that's not Hershey Kiss. Is that, is that Haynes? I'm like, I do not know that one. <laughs> you haven't seen that? I think they're playing. No, Car- yeah. I think they're playing Carol the Bells or something, and they're they're like. Yep, 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 yep. I know. Yeah, I got that. It's one. a little risque, to be honest. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a little risky business. You know, we're coming up on Easter in about three months here. The one commercial. <laughs> the one commercial. Yeah, that's that's my segue into this. No, there is a commercial. Uh, I swear to God, go it's been it. around. It's yeah. been around longer than all of them. And it's that damn Cadbury, Cadbury? commercial with yeah, the other absolutely. animals auditioning, like buck there's meow, the, the, buck the meow. lion, the lion trying to do it, and all the, and every time I, that commercial's still on, and I watch that, and I'm like, all of these animals are absolutely dead now. <laughs> That's how old this commercial is. Like this is archaic. I think that Some commercial them, was yeah. on before Some I had Some of puberty. them didn't even make it till the end of the shoot day, Pete. Well, yeah, <laughs> they had like a rat or something. I don't even remember. <laughs> a rat, yeah, you sell a lot of candy with a rat. <laughs> hey, this is the year of the rat, so don't offend the Chinese. No, oh, yeah, absolutely, to all of our Chinese sponsors. Uh, <laughs> if you live in sorry. China, please send money and not the coronavirus. I was going to say, if you live in China, please send money electronically. Do not send <laughs> bills with all your filthy whatever the fuck on it. <laughs> <laughs> literally launder that money before you send it over <laughs> yeah we want real money laundering um <laughs> well uh, so yeah um the coronavirus as we were saying uh i i really <laughs> think it's 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 a lot it's gonna be like sars i think it's gonna be like all of these other diseases that just kind of go away because nobody oh yeah Nobody who's I was listening healthy to, is no, going to die from this. I was listening to the infectious disease czar or whatever from China, and he says it's actually not going to be anything like that. It's going to be absolutely awful. It's going to peak around April with 160,000 new cases per day in China. So just just to give you the numbers on this shit, we could what be totally like, fucked. What is that, 0.01% of their population? Every day, and then that's if the containment level, or you know, if nothing happens in terms of containment. So that's you know, worst case scenario numbers. But you know, it's like Ebola, man. When things are spread human to human, and not contained, and international travel is at play, who knows what's going to happen? And if you don't have an answer, this isn't a super bug, but this is something that can attack vulnerable populations all over the, you know, all over the world and really do some damage. Yeah, I think the the dangerous thing about it uh, is it's twofold. Uh, number one, uh, apparently the symptoms can not show up. You can be infectious with no symptoms up to two weeks after you've sure. contracted it, which yeah. is a very long time. And number two, the symptoms themselves are like a cough, a sore throat, like the most inane of any symptoms like no one is is going to the doctor for like a little cough so people are probably looking at this like eh whatever but i also have heard that it's a lot like some of these other diseases where it's really the most dangerous for the elderly young children the immunocompromised people if you're a healthy adult and you go to the doctor you're fine yeah, well, I have a nine-year-old or a nine-month-old kid right now, so that is these a concern. Kind of things for... do tend to set off the alarm bells in the old parent's head. 
That's true. I don't, I don't have the uh, the burden of uh, parenthood, so um, <laughs> I, would I did never, say burden. I would never consider it that. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I know parents consider say, it a boon, but those who are not parents, uh, I'm well, telling we'll you, see. man, you you literally are missing out. It is the it is the reason for life. Like, well, currently, life, I'm missing out on being worried about the coronavirus infecting my yeah. child. As uh, shitty as it can be in all the ways and the worry and the torment, like, and it's just gotten started with her, there is nothing better on this planet because it, it makes life worth living. And I don't care if you have career aspirations or other relationship aspirations or personal zen aspirations. It doesn't matter. Like, just watching this kid do the simple everyday things and thrive and enjoy life themselves and knowing that you had a part in helping provide it, that is what's up. I got to tell you. Well, okay. It's game changer. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm probably, you know, oh, by the way, Pampers diapers and Gerber baby food, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, no, just at least send the, the the good coupons, right? You don't even have to sponsor the show. Just just hook me up with like the 20, 30 off. 30, yeah. yeah, yeah, Ron's good with the 30 cents off. Um, no, I, the, the woman absolutely wants children, and I believe that I do too. I just don't think I'm ready right this second. But I feel oh, like, it's not about being like ready. It's about it's exactly. about like guess what? There's a bun in the oven, and the ready light just turns on because you have to be ready. Yeah, it seems so like the just, decision's always made for you. <laughs> it is, and that's the only way it should be because if you wait around on your indecisive Gen X ass like I did, it'll never happen because the timing will never be right. So you just have to get thrown into the the deep pool, you know, the the deep end of the pool. Yeah, and the, no, you always feel underqualified. So. Uh, absolutely absolutely so whenever it happens you will be more than qualified my friend well i look forward to the day to see what all the fuss is about <laughs> forward to the day i'm watching you know you squirm through it because it is tough yeah i'll be great with them once they're like 10 absolutely. I, love, I love kids i love kids as they start getting older and i've, I've got a a good buddy. Well, you know Mark. I don't have to call him a good buddy. Uh, uh-huh. Mark's boys are all of an age where I just enjoy them. Even yeah. though the oldest one is an asshole. I, they are just, I mean, you know, what am I going to say? I'm an asshole. So we go out and we play sports and we're assholes to each other. And it's kind of fun. Right. And so, you can throw the ball as hard as you want. Yeah. You, know, you don't, you don't got to ease up. You can give no. them the good stuff. Yeah, I try to hurt him. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's always a good time, but yeah, uh, the beginning part is uh, obviously uh, what I'm worried about. So it's tough, but that's when you gotta get fill their basket with all the little eggs of knowledge. You know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna wait at least for the coronavirus to die out before I I get serious. So, dude, very smart. Uh, very yeah. smart. 160 thousand a day or whatever you said. That that's just too many. <laughs> yeah. All right. So wait until May at least. Then. <laughs> yeah. This I I'm quite certain this will not be a concern by summer. But, uh, hey, you know, maybe I'll be wrong and I'll be dead. So, in that case, uh, please uh, call that drone guy and Amazon and get those ashes scattered correctly. All right. Just do me a favor and make it till next week so we can shoot our Super Bowl preview. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to come in with uh, the hot takes on uh, the Super Bowl. And uh, you can hopefully hear them after you already know what happened. Absolutely, because we will not put it out until we do know what's happened, but we will tape the show when we don't, so I would expect a lot more chicken dip talk. Yeah, 
or we can, you know, put out a lot of uh, random hot takes and everyone can laugh at how wrong we were. All right, I'm just going to share my menu. <laughs> Go ahead, fire it, out, fire it out there for me. Oh, no, it's not ready yet. I'm saying on next next week, my hot takes will be my menu. It won't have much to oh, do with Oh, I thought you were going to share with me right now what your menu is going to be. I was a little excited. It's a teaser, Pete. We're in the radio business now. Yeah, well, you teased me, and I was ready to hear about what kind of wings were going to be All served right. at the Kabuno factory. There we go. Effective tease. Okay, sounds good. Well, I'm excited for the Super Bowl, even though I kind of downplayed it. But it'll be a, it'll be something I'll watch. I'll enjoy it. Hell yeah. Patrick Mahomey's going to light that shit up. Oh, you're with the Mahomey, huh? Okay. Absolutely. I cannot wait. It's going to be fireworks. I mean, I like the Niners, but uh, not that much. I just want the Niners to win so they can catch up to the Steelers. And one of our good buddies can stop talking about how he's... You know, oh, I would love to Super Bowl. Department. Yes, please let let me not have to hear from Steelers fans ever again. Whatever it takes, I'm on board with that. Right, and I was a wide receiver in high school, so I grew up loving Jerry Rice. Obviously, so there you go. That's enough reason for me. Go Niners. Go Jerry Rice. <laughs>